where in the draft can the Packers expect to try and fill the needs that they have on their roster? Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus joins us today to explain. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Last week, we went over needs. So where do the Packers, in the draft at least, fill some of those needs? What is the shape of the draft? How does that affect the way the Packers are going to set about putting together a strategy in this draft? And where does Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus, formerly of the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast, where does he see the Packers' needs? Let's ask. Joining me now, our old pal, formerly of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, now at Pro Football Focus, Trevor Sikama. Trevor, you came on before the, the Tampa game. We had a lot of fun before that game. Not so much fun after that game, um, at least for <laughs> Packers fans. And so I, I hope that um, the, the Packers understand what happened in that game and take some steps to move forward here. When you look, because part of being a draft analyst, you got to put together these mock drafts sometimes. That means mm. you got to look at rosters. So when you look at the Packers, where would you stack up their needs? Yeah, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought the Packers first <laughs> game went great. Uh, I don't. I don't think anything needs to change. I think they're. I yeah. think they're, they're doing everything great up there. Um, no, but so lifetime contract for Joe Barry, according to Trevor. Yeah, no, I, I would be great. Um, no, when I look at the Packers roster overall. You know, do still I, I do still think they have some defensive needs, although I think they're more back end related. They've invested, I feel like, a lot of picks on the defense side of the ball as of late. Yeah. So I'm not so sure that that's going to be an area that they're going to attack very early on. But I still think a safety could be something that they could stand to upgrade, get some new talent in. Maybe people look at corner as well, although they have made corner investments. But Valentine played all right last year, especially given that he was just kind of thrust into action. So I feel like that situation is a little bit better than it feels like Packers fans maybe are giving it credit for. But if you can upgrade a corner, it's a, it's a premium position and, and you love to do it. So I understand that need. On the offensive side of the ball, though, not going to go receiver, not going to go tight end. I mean, they've had a lot of young investments there at those two spots. I think the offensive line was good. I think there are some names along there, but if you look at Runyon being a potential free agent, cap, or yep. free agent casualty for them, Maybe you find somebody that you think could upgrade one of those starting spots along either the interior or the tackle spot. And then I look at running back. I think that running back is an area that um, they could definitely stand to add one of these guys, not going to be round one, but 
maybe something as early as day two. Cause I know they've got a lot, they have a ton of draft capital. So they yeah. have a lot of flexibility. So I think when people, you know, when people talk about like, Oh, you can't spend a second round pick on like this position. It's like, well, if you have a plethora of picks like the Packers do, it's not like it's like you know it's it's not like oh like if i spend this second round pick like that's my only second round pick you have a lot of picks you got to spend them somewhere so if you if your team and your roster needs it go get rb1 maybe if rb1 is sitting there and available oh forgot to mention i think linebacker is probably an option for them as well been reading up on that position didn't really think that it was going to be an option for them uh in the first three rounds and then just doing some more reading on you know people who cover the team, you know, listen to the podcast like this one. It's like, I think a linebacker might be something that they could consider within the top 100 as well. So when I look at it, I think interior offensive line, running back, linebacker, then probably something along the back end, whether you think corner or safety is the better investment. That's how I see it right now. Yeah, the good news is if you if you just look at it that way, like safety, interior offensive line, running back, linebacker, those are the four least premium positions basically outside of kicker and punter. So they're in a good place from that standpoint. I want to I want to dig into each of these because I think they each have different stories to tell in, in every draft. The shape of the draft is something that I'm kind of obsessed with. Where are these where are these um position groups lean? Where are they juicier? Is there a round where you go, okay, day two is where this value comes in? So let's start with safety because I think that's the most on people's minds. I look at this class and I don't see someone worth taking at 25 unless it's Cooper DeGene who's playing safety. Do mm-hmm. you? No, I I don't really see somebody who's going to end up considered at number 25 other than DeGene, like you mentioned. Although I will say, you know, we've got the PFF draft guide coming out in a couple of weeks. And so I'm going through real deep dives for a lot of these players because you know, building the big board is one thing. I'm watching some film. I'm getting some data on these players. But for the draft guide, when we're filling this out, it's a lot more data points, a lot more context. You're going over even more film and – I like Tyler Newbin from Minnesota mm. a lot. I really do. Um, I'm kind of surprised that he even stayed uh, and and was in college football again this past year. I felt like he could have been somebody who could have gone out after last year. And his 2023 tape, I thought, was, was really nice, man. I, I feel as though, sure, he doesn't have that rare athletic ability to be a single high center fielder free safety all the time. But he's good enough in his, his positioning and and how he goes about spacing on the back end to be able to play it every now and then. And when you play him in two safety systems, especially, you give him a lot of freedom to be really aggressive. He's got good ball skills. He's got good click and close ability. Um, I think his hips turn pretty pretty fluidly for him to change direction and get where he needs to go when the quarterback determines where the ball is going. And so, even though I wouldn't say he's an option at twenty five because it just doesn't feel like that's the case. I gave him a late first, early second round grade. Mm. So, so if the Packers wanted to consider him at the at 25, it wouldn't be totally out of the ballpark. So instead, most of the time when I'm doing these mocks, I'll look at what do they got? Pick 41 and 58, yeah. I believe, in the second round. And I look at 41 and I go, that could be a premium Tyler Newbin spot if he ends up making it there. Yeah, and, and they're making this scheme change. We'll see how they how they view that. They've got all these guys coming back. Darnell Savage, free agent. Keyshawn Nixon, if he comes back, is he going to play safety? Maybe he is. Um, Jonathan Owens is a free agent. Rudy Ford is a free agent. Like everyone that played safety last year, except Anthony Johnson Jr. uh, is a free agent. So that makes this fraught because free agency comes first, right? So um, we were talking yesterday on the show. I was like, Trevor, why did none of these guys tackle? None of these safeties tackle that well. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, they have to go sign somebody. And then that that can change 
um, all of these things. Is there a, is there a spot a, like, is it day two, second, third round, fourth round where you go, okay, this is where the best value in the draft is at safety. It's kind of tricky because it kind of just depends what their needs are. You're right after free agency, but you know, if you're not drafting Newbin at the top of the second round, I think third round feels like a sweet spot. Cause if you get beyond the third round, you might be able to play with fire and kind of wait till the fourth round. You might be able to get a nice safety there. Like I yeah. think of Sion Vaki from Utah, who I like, who could be maybe more of a third, fourth round player. Um, Darian Taylor Demerson from Texas Tech, who had a phenomenal showing at the Shrine Bowl. I think he's maybe in that late day two conversation, but probably something uh, in the fourth round for him. Jaden Hicks from Washington State is another player who I watched more recently for the draft guide, and I took a deeper dive into him, and I like him a lot. I really do too. Like I think that he is absolutely a third round pick type of a player. I believe I actually gave him a late second, early third round grade. Mm-hmm. So it feels as though for a high impact type of safety. And you know, like I think Cam Kitchens is in there as well. I think Kalen Bullock is too from USC, but he's a slender, more slender type. He's more of a yeah, speaking of guy. guys who don't tackle. Yeah. You know, and, and he is, he is allergic to tackling and it, it, it sucks because there are times when he does make tackles, but it's like, it takes his whole body to do so. Like he's got to fly into you with momentum and wrap up it just right. to bring you down. He's not somebody who, Oh, I'm kind of catching where the ball is going or the ball carry a little bit late. Let me lunge at this player and bring him down really quick. That's not really a Caleb Bullock thing, but it's so hard to deny the range. This dude can cover yeah. from a single high spot, the ball so, skills, the, all that thing. And, and it's just all top tier level for me. And so if you're going to play more single high, he's on the board, but just to get back to answering your question, cause I feel like I'm rambling a little bit now. Third, you don't, if, if you don't get Newbin at the beginning of the second round, third round feels like a sweet spot to still get a starting caliber guy, maybe even in the fourth round. So something in that mid round seems right for safeties. All right. We're going to get back with Trevor, a ton more NFL draft talk coming in just a second here on locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. I would like it if the Bucs um, would play a consistent stretch of basketball for like more than two games. Maybe more than one game would be nice. I, I don't know when we're going to get that, but it would be nice if that could be a thing that happened. The good news is, uh, you can you can win money on their volatility. You really can. Bet on all your favorite NBA players with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. You know, Dame has had one or two good games in a row. That third one, not going to be great. That's just how he's been this season. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the official sportsbook partner of LockedOn. And Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today, here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app. So then at 25... What what are you what are you looking at in terms of where the value is on the board? Because I feel like a lot of this we we miss 
what these classes look like, the the shape again of the draft, like the value at these spots. Like this is a, a deep offensive tackle draft, a deep cornerback draft, and they they might just have a guy that they has a really good grade on at twenty five, and they go, we got to take this guy. He's really good. I think that for their needs specifically, if you, it, like you said, you go best player available. Like you could just say like, hey, at twenty five we got to go with the guy who fell further than we thought he was going to. But for their needs specifically, I think interior offensive line might actually be the way that they want to look because you'll potentially have Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon, mm. who had a great showing at the Senior Bowl. Troy, Troy Fountain now. Like a refrigerator. Dude, he truly is. He it's, it's, I mean, like, just like the gut, chest, upper back is just like, you could just tell he is a he's an interior offensive lineman for the NFL level. So, I think he is an option. Troy Fountain now, the left tackle for Washington, who we think is going to kick inside at the NFL level. He is an option for you there at 25. Graham Barton, same thing, left tackle for Duke. We think he's going to kick inside. I think he is going to be on option. Jordan Morgan, Arizona. Jordan Morgan, right, who played left tackle at Arizona, uh, came back from an ACL tear, looked great. He's just got – he's not the densest dude in the world at his current weight and kind of at his current weight is if you're going to play him at tackle – I don't know how much more weight you could put on him because you want him to move really well. But if you're moving into the interior, all of a sudden the short arms don't show up as much and you could probably throw more weight on him and he can get a little bit stronger. He can get a little bit more dense. So there's a lot of Zach Tom there, which is one of the reasons why I, I kind of have Jordan Morgan earmarked. And and I think that Jordan Morgan could be their type of player. I really do. Like I, I wonder the Packers and Gutenkoos seem to have some thresholds for yep. a lot of different positions. So I wonder if Morgan's not gonna have the measurables that they want but if you're kicking them to the interior i think you can you might be able to have a little bit of wiggle room there i know that defeats the purpose of the word threshold but um i just i agree no, with they you. like to take offensive tackles with shortish arms and say you're gonna you're a guard now and, and that's and that's what i think feels like the sweet spot of these are the Packers needs. This is how the draft kind of lines yeah. up. You don't have to overdraft the safety. You don't have to take a linebacker there at that spot. You're not going to take a running back at that spot. So if you really want to hone in on whatever your needs are probably going to be, go get a flexible offensive lineman who could play tackle in a pinch, but is probably an interior guy for you. They like to do that anyways. That's where I think they're going to end up going at 25. Yeah. I would not surprise me at all. This is going back to Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf. They build through the trenches whenever they can. And there's just like, there's almost too many offensive tackles for me to go. Yeah. They're not going to take one. Like they're probably going to take one. Um, is there a player at 25? I, I have a name in mind where I go, if he's there, I'm just going to run the card in. Like he, maybe we're pushing it, falling to 25. But for me, that guy is Nate Wiggins at Clemson. Like, I just think he mm. is exactly from a temperament standpoint, from a size speed standpoint, he is a Packers type all day. He's apparently his warm up forties are like in the four twos. Uh, and so he, to me is the guy I'm just, I'm running the card in if he's there at 25. Uh, a secondary of Nate Wiggins and Jair Alexander, as long as Jair Alexander staying on the Packers. Uh, it seems would, like a very unpleasant time for receivers. Dude, it would piss offenses off because not only would they like lock you down, they'd let you know about it. Yeah. Like, this would be a trash talking duo for the ages. I feel like so, uh, no, Nate Wiggins makes a ton of sense for them there. If they want to go that direction, he really is a true upgraded corner. Uh, you know, it seems like as we are getting more of these, Plugged in mock drafts, I will say, you know, from guys yeah. like Lance Zierlein mm -hmm. and, a good and distinction. Daniel Jeremiah, right? These guys who have a ton of connections within the league. So they're evaluating things themselves, but they're also evaluating what they're hearing from a lot of these teams. Wiggins keeps going down further and further to the back part of the first round. And when you look at tape, I, 
he's one of the best cover corners in this class. Yeah. I think that Wiggins is somebody who you'd consider. Wiggins is somebody the Colts should consider at 15. You know, he's right. somebody that the Raiders should consider at 13. Like he, he is that caliber of a cover corner to me. So if he gets to 25 and, and the Packers are really going this best player available kind of feel, that totally makes sense to me. It does. It's one of those where I'm just like, yeah, him or and Ennis Rakestraw Jr. is another one where it's just like, yeah, let's just let's just bully guys. Let's just yeah. bully guys and let them know about it. The, the running back part of this, you mentioned the, the running back piece. AJ Dillon set to be a free agent. There are some really interesting guys in this class. Um, day two seems to be the place to want to do it. When you're building a team, just before we get it to the guys, and you have a back like Aaron Jones, a little smaller, right? A little older, you want to protect him. Would you? As an, as an offensive coordinator, GM combo, would you be going, let's find a guy like Aaron Jones who we can just duplicate a lot of this stuff, come in and run the same offense, or do sort of what the Packers did with A.J. Dillon and say, let's have a thunder to Aaron Jones lightning and be able to run gap and power and all this other stuff with A.J. Dillon. But then if you lose Aaron Jones, half your offense is kind of off the table. Yeah, and I think that you understood their vision when they draft AJ Dillon and have Aaron Jones, right? They, they wanted to have this one, two punch that was um, like you said, very situationally advantageous. And when you got AJ Dillon into just short yardage situations, right? Only kind of putting him on the field where his strengths were able to shine the most. He had an incredibly high PFF grade because you know, people got to remember this about PFF grades. They tell you how well a guy did his job. Right. Yes. And so it's it, like, it's not, it's not necessarily a traits thing. It's not necessarily telling you, Oh, now he's a, now he's a top five player in the league, whatever it's, it's how well do you do your job? Whatever is put in front of you. And AJ Dillon, I remember had an elite rushing grade. I think it was last season when he was basically only put in those situations mm -hmm. where AJ Dillon's set was going to shine. So I understand at the time you got a, a, a longer outlook on, on, Aaron Jones and you want to compliment him with this other player and you could take him off the field. And when you take him off the field in certain situations, you're getting a guy in there who's excellent at those situations. In theory, it all works out great. The in theory part is carrying a lot of weight in that sentence because yeah. running back, when a guy goes down like Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon can't play that same type of role. So I wouldn't, I, I, I would not go for the, Hey, let's, let's get a better AJ Dillon. I'd instead say, we got to just go get the best running back we can. Right. We've, yeah. we've essentially got to Cause what's, What's Dylan's situation? What's his contract? He's gonna be a free agent. So I, oh, he I is a free agent. He's be okay, playing somewhere else next year. I don't. Okay. Expect to so that. yeah, then obviously that makes it easier. I, for some reason, I thought he had one more year in his deal. But even if he did, I would have said if you're drafting a running back, you draft one under the assumption that like Jones is RB one. This next guy's RB two. They're similar. Like they can carry the load if they need to. And then AJ Dillon really is that like third down specialist. Just a situational specialist kind of a player. So even with him out of the picture, I think that it makes it easier to just say, you got to go get another guy that can really be able to play all three downs for you. All right, we finish up with our pal Trevor in just a second here on Locked on Packers. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat... That's nice to know what you're going to get before you show up to the arena. And their best price guarantee, game time, takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. How many of us have bought tickets? We thought, oh, I'm getting a great deal. This is so nice. And then you show up and it is not what you thought. Not even a little what you thought. 
Well, when you have a view from your seat already, you know what you're buying ahead of time and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off that first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off game time, last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On and our national shows, of course, covering every league. Find Locked On Sports today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. So for you, who is there a guy day two seems like that's where this is not a running back class that has that, you know, elite sort of first round kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So it seems like with that extra day two pick, they have two extra day two picks. Like that makes a lot of sense. They're, they're third round picks. Maybe that second, second round pick to say, Hey, let's, let's grab one of these guys. Is there a name you really like? Yeah, there's two. I think. Well, I'll I'll say that there's four. There's there's two that I like more than the others. Problem with draft season, Travis. Like the more guys you watch, like I like this guy. Yeah, you kind of like you you see it with all of them. It's like you know, there's your kids. You just want them all to do well. Um, Jonathan Brooks is RB one to me from Texas. Uh, I'm pretty confident in that. Now he's coming off an ACL tear, which sucks. But if this guy was fully healthy this season, we talk about him as a potential back end of the first round running back because he'd only have one year of starting. Uh, carries, I say volume, uh, wear and tear, if you will. And he basically showcased all the ability that you would want. The yards after contact, the force missed tackles per attempt, uh, which are great ways to identify talent beyond just their offensive line. He was very good in those positions. Good as a receiver as well. Had the body type to be a, be a good pass protector. So truly in all three down running back, I think Jonathan Brooks is that RB1 that you could get in the second round with their first second round pick if you would like to. Uh, Jalen Wright from Tennessee is another one. He's another dude who doesn't have a ton of starting experience, but he's got the home run speed and he is the best pass blocker in this class. So he's somebody that if the Packers get him specifically, you're playing Jones most of the time on the early down work. And I know Jones gives you a lot of value as a third down back and as a receiver as well, but there's situations where if he's getting gassed, you could put Jalen Wright in on second and third down situations, even if it's just passing situations and this dude will block his ass off for you. So you, I love think that. you love that. And I, I think that that's something that you gotta, um, you gotta think about when you're weighing those second round picks. That's wear and tear too, that I, I think we don't bring up like guys who can pass protect and do pass protect. When you got Micah Parsons coming full steam in the hole and you got to try and pick that guy up. Like that's mm-hmm. a big collision. That's a lot of wear and tear on your body. Micah Parsons said Aaron Jones, one of the best pass blocking backs in the league now but like that those are hits that if he's that vital to your offense you kind of don't want him taking those hits it's like Roshan Johnson was really vital to the Bears because he could just come in and eat those hits Mm -hmm. yeah and being able to have that rotation of a player that you really rely on in that regard I think would be huge if they were able to get Jalen right we get into the third round Trey Benson from Florida State um I think Ray Davis from Kentucky Bucky Irving, a little bit smaller of a back, but a really efficient back this past season from Oregon. I think all three of those guys kind of start to come on the table there in round three and round. You four. think Bucky is too small to play with Aaron Jones? Like Aaron Jones, five nine, two ten. Like Bucky's even um, smaller. 
or skinnier. He's, he's, he's less dense. No, he's, he's smaller, but I, I just, I mean, he's got great contact balance. He's somebody who could stay on his feet and, uh, the force missed tackles were huge for him. And it wasn't just with his agility. It was truly with him breaking tackles, surprisingly with his, with his size. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't shy away from it too much just because that would be two smaller backs on your team. I think you're right with it. If you think that he's the best back who's still on the board for you. Uh, th there has been this question about receiver for the Packers as we wind up here. And I've said, there are a couple guys in this draft where you just go, they're, they're not like anything the Packers have. Um, and someone like Keon Coleman to me is a fascinating circumstance for the Packers because they don't have that ball winner possession style. Like it's third and six. Let me just go box out a corner and pick up a first down kind of player. Mm -hmm. But he seems to be a really, really polarizing prospect where like you, you watch some of the highlight real plays and you go, oh my God. And then you look at some of the underlying numbers and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you reconcile that with him? And, and do you think that Green Bay could be the kind of team that makes sense to say, hey, he's, what is he, 20, 21? Like, yeah, you, you can develop into something with us because we're not going to rely on you right away to go be DeAndre Hopkins year one. Yeah, Coleman is very polarizing because, and I think that we're going to see this when we get to Indianapolis in a couple of weeks, he's going to test like a monster. Like, yeah. I think he's extremely athletic, and I think that's evidenced by Florida State putting him on punt returns, right? <laughs> and you look at his numbers and you go, this guy's not a yards after catch guy. He's not like a like a big get get away from the defense kind of a guy and yet they have him on punt returns because he has the athleticism to do so he just doesn't really do it when he's in that receiver role so i think he's i think his jumps are going to be off the charts i think he's going to run really really well especially for his size so he's an incredible athlete and i had him as a top five wide receiver going into the season because you watch that michigan state tape from him and he is i mean that athleticism is on display so many weeks of that season and he ate into Jaden Reed's numbers at Michigan State, and we saw how good last year Jaden Reed is. Like, yeah, he's a really and, good player. And then they had to get this guy the football, and then he goes to Florida State, and you look at some of the separation scores that he has, and it's like... Stinky. Bad, bad. Like, yeah, real bad. And and you watch the tape, and you go, it's not because you're not athletic. You know, okay, so, it, all right, the, the hips are a little stiff. You know, he's just not that kind of, like, agile athlete the way that some of these other bigger receivers are. And with his size, you go, okay, it's it's expected that you're not going to move nearly as fluidly as somebody who's a little bit smaller than you. But even with that being the case, his separation scores are so small. So hey, he's a monster in contested catch situations, but I've been burned so many times by contested catch receivers, right? I was big on JJ Ortega Whiteside. I was big on Kelman Harmon, right? And like, these are, you talk about like things. Brandon Coleman, you, same thing. What'd you say? Who? Brandon Coleman. Brandon, Brandon Coleman. There you go. So like when you talk about, oh, like who's some guys that you missed on that you learned from, those are players who are stud contested catch receivers in college that it's so hard to just win off of that at the NFL level. Now, you mentioned the Packers don't have that kind of a player. So yeah. are you just going to put him in, in those kinds of situations to succeed? Make him a red zone threat for you? Make him just that jump ball type of player when we know the other team's corner this week really doesn't have the physicality to keep up with him? Well, then let's put him on the field in the way where he gets that matchup and let's throw him the football. So maybe that becomes a valuable asset for them. The question then just is, where is that value appropriate for the Packers? Is it 25? Is it 41? I don't think you're getting him past one of those picks. I think some other team is just going to take a chance on his athleticism. So it just comes down to where does that kind of value, if you don't think he's going to get better as a separator, where is that value appropriate for the Packers?
Well, and that, that's what coaches get paid to do too, right? Is, is teach him how to separate, teach him how to run routes, help him with those things. And we've seen, if you want the best case scenario, DK Metcalf still runs like three routes. He does. And but he's, he, he's an animal, <laughs> but he MFs everybody because yeah. he's just more physically gifted than everyone else. So yep. it's so much of this is situation too, and, and coaching and all those things. So that's what makes this all hard. It's what makes your job really hard because you're evaluating in a vacuum, not for a team. Um, which also makes the work that you do all the more valuable to the audience. So thank you, Trevor. Appreciate the time. I'm sure we'll be checking in with you before the draft here. Cause man, we, we got a lot of time left. No, it's, I, I'm excited, man. We, again, we got the combine coming up in a couple of weeks. Free agencies can answer a lot of questions. And then we get into, you know, really, okay, this team did this in free agency. Now we really get to identify some of those draft needs. So appreciate you having me, Pete, as always. All right. Thanks to Trevor for joining the show. Awesome to talk with him. More to come this week. We are just now days, mere days away from, I guess you're always days away from something if you can count high enough on the days, but we're just, we're, we're just a couple days, eh, more than a couple away from the combine. We're going to have a lot more NFL draft talk, a lot more free agency talk. I know some of you tune out in these times and that's, that's fine. Look, that's fine. Come back and, and find us. We're going to have a lot more great interviews coming, more in our What's Next series, a ton of cool stuff to keep it interesting. I promise. I promise we will keep it interesting. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow us on all the socials, Locked on Packers. Twitter, Facebook, Locked on is, is everywhere. Locked on Packers on Instagram, Locked on Packers on TikTok. Go find us. We're having fun. And of course, subscribe to us over on our YouTube channel so you can stay Locked on Packers.